Hello and welcome, Cycling Cicerone readers. This is the first audio recording of a brewer interview. I'm hoping it might become a series of interviews where I get to go chat with brewers and explore their breweries. I recently got a chance to go hang out with Craig Christian of Rooftop Brewery, which is one of those really good breweries along the Ship Canal Trail in Queen Anne in Seattle. We met in the basement of his tiny tap room. If you've actually been to the tap room, you know that it's a kind of small little thing, fantastic patio, tiny little tap room though. You might not even notice the staircase that goes down to the actual facility. It really is just the tip of the iceberg that is rooftop. A lot of space down there, shares it with some coffee roasters. It's also a little bit noisy with a lot of active brewery work going on. So I think for the most part, this audio turned out pretty nicely. Let's get to it. I won't really ambush you with anything too crazy to ask. Um, But but yeah, so thanks a lot for the tour. This is super great. yeah, like you just said, I have not, I never would have suspected that there was this much stuff down here. So yeah, that's and like really you cool. can see kind of, we've been looking at ways to incorporate tours yeah. into our experience upstairs. Because mm-hmm. I, I mean, I read through your blog a little bit and you're like, yeah, yeah it doesn't even feel like a brewery. I was like, yeah, I know. Yeah. But uh, we, there, there's not really an opportunity to do anything down here. That's, yeah, that's hard. And uh, we do do events down here. You can see the party lights. And, oh, for sure. Those um, Mumford and Sons lights. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we, uh, so we do have, have, have events down here, and we do tours every once in a while. Eventually, when we're big enough, I'd love to do regular Saturday tours. Yeah. Just have a brewer working and part of his, Oh yeah, like yeah. a 1 o'clock and a 3 o'clock tour or something like that. He just pops down and says hi. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Um, bring bring the group down and, and show them what's going on. Yeah, uh, I'll show you our original uh, okay. brewery here. This is our one barrel. Nice. So when we started, we did almost two years at, as a one barrel brewery. That's right. Uh, I heard you guys had like um, an old garage location. Yes. Okay. Yeah, and right down the street from here. Okay. Um, I was pretty much it. I, I brewed all the beer, and then we were open. We had a tap room that was open three days a week that I hired somebody for and uh, I guess I worked at the bar often enough too yeah um, but we pretty much after three days be close to out of beer yeah and uh, nice. <laughs> and uh, you know the beer wasn't very consistent I won't say it wasn't good some of it was really good yeah some of it probably wasn't as good but we understand we're trying to keep up with as much as we could and um, it was just proof, proof of concept more than anything yeah yeah uh, build a presence in the beer community show up to you know the guild uh festivals and things like that Mm -hmm. and uh it was early there weren't that many breweries when we started yeah how Um, long ago was that that must have been five years okay so we were doing lots of walking and talking around the brewery and our conversations were sort of intermingled with the questions i had to ask with the tour i was getting and i tried to edit together all the parts of the actual tour where he talks about the equipment that he has and the fermenters and his plans for expansion into one big chunk, but you can kind of tell it's been edited together, sort of with the air conditioner popping on and off. Anyway, just giving you a quick heads up on that, it's sort of sloppy. Turns out editing this kind of stuff is hard. Yeah. So so how long have you been, like, basically brewing before then? Like, you must have been homebrewing for a while, and I bet Uh, this wasn't a new purchase when you opened the garage brewery. Parts of it were, parts of it weren't. Yeah. Okay. yeah, the brew kettle. Uh, so, I mean, we had we had some of these uh, old fifty-five gallon drums that mm. had been re- refurbished. Yeah. And but I, we bought the brew kettle new for the for the brewery. I mean, the official brewery. Yeah. Yeah. 
I brewed in a, a little place called the Treaty Grounds Brew Pub in mm. Moscow, Idaho, for mm. two years. Um, and I, you know, I, I apprentice brewed and then started head brewing, and okay. then uh, went off and tried to be other things. And after about twenty years of home brewing, yeah. pretty extensively, came back to this as a potential second career, like secondary yeah. career. And then as soon as we got into the one barrel thing, I was like, no, forget it. We're gonna we're going all in. Yeah, nice. uh, it, it was it was go all in or or let it drop. Yeah, and uh, and so yeah, I, I quit my other job and here I am. What was your other job, if I can ask? Uh, I'm an attorney. Oh, nice. Okay, cool. <laughs> It was a job that actually made money. <laughs> that's, <laughs> but, I hear that's what a lot of brewers say. It made me miserable. So. <laughs> yeah. Oh, for sure. Uh, so you said you did events and stuff down here. Like, what kind of events are you looking at? Uh, anything from, you know, birthday party. We had a one-year-old birthday party one time. We've, we've <laughs> right. had uh, wedding. That's really dad's birthday party, but you know. Yeah. <laughs> mom, and, mom and dad's beer drinking party. Uh, yeah, we've had retirement parties. We've had company, quite a few company, like, holiday parties. And yeah. We can fit up to 100 people down here. No way. Yeah, I mean, it's... it's just jam. Do you clear some of this stuff out, or is it just like yeah? No, okay. we, we clear it all out. Okay. <laughs> uh, and we're building office space up here. That's what I was so, guessing. Yeah, you got a lot uh, of construction. Once that up here. happens, then a, a lot of things can start to move around a little okay. bit. But um, yeah, well, that's good. That's great. So you guys got you're making moves. You got lots of stuff going on. A little bit of context for this next bit. He was actually hosting a beer Trumps hate event, which was a fundraiser where he was selling the Imperial Peach Mint IPA. And we were just chatting a little bit about yeah. that. Okay. Um, and that sounds like the event tonight is basically to try to get rid of that, to finish that guy I off. It won't. Then it, no, no it won't. We, well, there's only a couple kegs left, but I, we won't sell that much of it. Yeah. It's a Imperial IPA it's with, a lot, uh, yeah. with uh, peach and mint, so it's not just going to be a lot of people who aren't going to drink that. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> I'm in it for the raffle tickets, baby, you know. I, um, <laughs> It actually shamefully took me a second to get the pun. I like I read the I read the title and went, oh neat, peach mint IPA. Oh neat. Oh, why, I wonder why they abbreviated Imperial at the front like that instead of just making a double IPA. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> you'd be surprised. Like, yeah. I, I have to explain it to a lot of bar managers, and as soon as I do, they're like, oh, oh nice. we'll, yeah, get we'll, some. We'll, we'll take a keg of that. <laughs> uh, yeah, and of course, we've done beer trumps hate for about a year now. Oh uh, um, yeah. We started it last year, and we had a, our American Mosaic was our original beer, Trump State IPA, mm -hmm. uh, which is a very palatable, you know. Yeah. Everybody's gonna who likes IPA is gonna drink. It's it. Just everyone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty yeah. much. Um, and then this year, it's, it's a, it was a lot, lot more. But we've had a few negative things, you know. Uh, yeah. Based on the beer, Trump State thing. I mean, no but, one's gonna. You mean like backlash from people? Or, yeah, a, li uh, a little bit. Like you know, people just like you, not even. Not even conservatives, but people who are like keep politics out of your beer type, yeah. type of attitude. Yeah, I'm like, well, I, I understand that, but I think this is a little bit of unprecedented times, and really, we're just trying to raise money for good nonprofits that yeah. are community based. So, I'd say so for sure. I mean, I definitely every time I see like a you know, I think Cloudburst did a beer that was like you know, uh, uh, they did very this stable genius, very stable genius. Yeah, you guys did your impeachment. Like, I'm just like, yep, retweet, yep, <laughs> all the time. So like. <laughs> It's worth it, I'd yeah. say, even if you get a little bit of backlash for it. So I don't know, um, but yeah, I've got your beer Trumps hate sticker on my laptop. You know, I had Perfect. the whole time. So oh, that's great. So how big is it now? That must this, be that's bigger than ten barrels. This is a fifteen barrel okay. brew system. Okay. 
Kyle's one of our brewers. Hey, how's it going? Hey, Kyle. I'm Andrew. Nice to meet you. There's two Kyles. They're our, our head brewer and our assistant brewer. Mm. Um, oh, that's great. It's a steam-powered uh, brew pub, so this is our, our steam boiler over here. Oh, uh, nice. Okay. And so all three of these vessels are heated with steam piping. Nice. Okay. Um, the big 50 barrel over there is, is just our hot liquor tank. Nice. Okay. Um, so this is... This is the hot side of the brewery. Mm -hmm. <laughs> All right. Uh, we don't have anything hard piped right now. Everything was built custom for us mm -hmm. by Pioneer. Uh, we were their first. They're a, a new manufacturer. So okay. And so we were their first large scale system. Nice. Um, or production scale system, anyways. Mm -hmm. And uh, so they were formatting the, the plans, formulating the plans for their uh, their what was going to be their brew house, and yeah, uh, they worked with us to make this system. Did you get a discount for your first? Oh, <laughs> yeah, first yeah. Guy? it was far cheaper than what we would have paid Ooh. one of the more established places. Yeah. And also a lot faster. Yeah. It came a lot faster. So, of course. Um, and they're, they've been great partners. They've come up and, and added things, bells and whistles, and and, uh, and also, you know, we, we get all of our fermenters from them as well. Oh, nice. So we keep, keep adding fermenters. I'll show you the little one-barrel fermenters. Okay. Which this is our temperature control. Oh, nice! Guys. Very nice. So uh, I turned it off. Yeah, uh, there's nothing in either of these right now. Oh, okay. Um, but we, we use it as our yeah as our uh, pilot system. Awesome. Uh, let's, yeah, let's take a look. Yeah. So this is the I call this the hot side versus the cold side. Hot so side, cold are all, side. These are 15 barrel fermenters, and the big guys are 30s. Nice. Okay. Um, and uh, so we started the brewery with the 315s and 130, and then we've added two more 30s. Nice. Uh, so we've been down here brewing less than three, like two and a half years. Yeah. Um, and we've got plans for one more mm -hmm. 30. Uh, we haven't ordered it yet. Uh, we've had, uh, I don't know, we, we just have really slow played our wholesale distribution. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Focus more on on the tap room for the first couple of years. Yeah. But we're starting to ramp up wholesale, mm. and when we get to a point in production where we need to yeah. add one more, we've got a drop. It's there you go. really just ordering the tank and waiting two months for. It to oh yeah. Up. Okay, so you you built this fully expecting that this was you're going to build another tank, or this is something. When we when we added it. when we added this tank first, mm -hmm. uh, we had them add three drops in, and then we added the second tank last summer, mm -hmm. and most likely. There'll be a third tank this summer. It, it might wait another okay. little bit, but not oh. too much longer. We're, that'll be nice. Well, where are you going to pull the barrels once you move them? Uh, <laughs> well, we've got, we got lots of space. Always, yeah. So your day-to-day -day is probably spent managing like all this expansion stuff and like the stuff that you're worrying about. Like how much do you, you probably don't spend a lot of time like brewing anymore, do you? I brew every once in a while on the pilot system. Okay. Um, I mean, in terms of managing what goes into these tanks mm -hmm. our head brewer kyle and i are mm -hmm. a team okay um and no he's i mean the beer requires full someone to give it full-time attention yeah and i don't have that capacity anymore yeah. so uh I have, I have a lot of input into what gets what gets brewed and what the recipes end up looking like but um i don't do much of the physical stuff anymore yeah. how did you uh meet head brewer kyle head brewer like kyle grew up on queen anne hill okay right? right basically next door almost and, okay. uh, and he was head brewing at a place called Barley's Brew House which has 
had a 15 barrel and a 30 barrel mm -hmm. space, like a, a wholesale distribution brewery and then a brew pub brewery. Oh yeah. Um, and he had become he was head brewer on the 15 barrel there. Yeah, he's got this place work working, humming along, wouldn't you say? Oh, very well. Oh, very well. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't miss a beat. Nope. Are you uh, envious of his role in a brewery at all? Like, you obviously started a brewery because you like brewing and you like beer, and then uh, wound up being a business guy, which I imagine you also like, or else you wouldn't be here. And then, uh, I think I'm, yeah. my skills are more suited to, to what I'm doing. Yeah? Yeah. Awesome. Uh, yeah. I, I was great on a one barrel where I didn't have to be consistent. Yeah. Um, I know what it takes to brew a good beer, but to be, make a cons very consistent beer is, is a different set of skills. Yeah. Okay. So, Checks uh, out. and that's, yeah. And I mean, he also, so, I mean, we, we both have different ideas on what, what beer we like. Mm -hmm. Um, he's way more into lighter, uh, beers and IPAs and I'm a little more into heavier and darker things. Yeah. But that so probably bounces out to a balances. menu more people like. <laughs> yeah, it really does. And I think that's reflected in, in how our menu has been made up I and mean, we've mm -hmm. been very palatable, but a wide range of beers. Yeah. Um, we have some unusual stuff, especially in bottles. Yeah. And we're starting to come out with more stuff barrel-aged and mm -hmm. things like that. Okay. Uh, although our barrel-aged stuff just doesn't last very long. Yeah, because uh, you can't so make very much of it, and then it's all pretty cool. We're, we're getting People there. People in Seattle are really into like that, that weird stuff, so they love to get their hands on that barrel-aged. So the, the front six barrels are our bracket. Yeah? No, uh, no way. Yeah, and this... I pretty sure it's going to come out over 12% ABV. The nice. last time was a little bit less. Um, and they're rye barrels, which okay. is kind of different. Um, and then the uh, middle six are our Russian Imperial Stout. So barrel-aged Russian Imperial Stout is a little more of a normal yeah. thing you'd see barrel-aged. Um, but frankly, I've had enough of that stuff. and <laughs> drank enough of that that I'm just like, wow. So yeah. get easily overwhelmed by that barrel-aged stuff. It's the, those are second-use barrels, so the beer is going to be in there a little bit longer, and you'll get a lot more oak and a lot less bourbon. Yeah. As opposed to the the braggots in the first-use barrels, which okay. they were you know wet barrels. The rye is going to have a huge impact on the final flavor in the beer. Okay. And then these guys are all second and third use, where we have just different beers. And like I said, some of these have been in here for over a year now, and we're going to start bringing them upstairs yeah. and have a tap that's just a a barrel-aged tap. Yeah. So that's going to be a hoot. Yeah. Yeah, we're trying to give people, we've got, you know, our Pilsner and IPAs and pale ales and things like that. Mm -hmm. Trying to give people, a, we're busy in the summertime. Yeah. All they need on, on that side of things. And then have just have some cool, unique Have some things. cool ones. Yeah. yeah. All right, I feel you. So what do you think about your... Um, like the other breweries around in the area. So like you, you're right here on a ship canal trail. So mm -hmm. you're like basically brothers with Urban Family and uh, and Figurehead. And yeah. Like, do you like get along well with them? Or Jesse like, and Bob deal? were very regulars in our tap room when they were building out Figurehead. Yeah. yeah. And it, they're great. Yeah, we have done a Beer Trumps Hate partnership with Urban Family. And um, yeah, Jesse will come from Figurehead, will come down every once in a while and ask to borrow stuff. And we're yeah. always happy to to help them out um they're we're all doing different beers yeah so that's kind of cool yeah, yeah and you know you you were trying to get holy mountain in on that yeah. thing too 
uh, on the, the bike trail, but uh, they're brewing totally different totally beers. Totally out there. Yeah, absolutely. They're so, crazy. Um, yeah, I think it's a good combination of, of places. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I think we've got the best tap room, but uh, yeah, everybody's got something to contribute beer-wise, so that's fun. Your patio is definitely by far the best. That's, yes. That's without even a doubt. So. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's something we want to keep making improvements on yeah and uh, quite frankly probably have find another rooftop somewhere in seattle in yeah. a neighborhood that's underserved yeah and uh and have a second tap room on a rooftop with a great patio that'd be great yeah there's lots of rooftops yeah. and not a lot of good beer in capitol hill so <laughs> if you're thinking anywhere <laughs> that's not a bad that idea that's yeah. not a bad idea that's not a bad idea i've heard recently that like the craft beer growth is kind of slowing down. Are you like worried about that? Are you feeling any pain? Are you like are you craft beer growth is, with these guys or is, like... is maybe slowing down on a macro scale? Yeah. Uh, not at a micro scale. Yeah. And the thing is that the guys like you know uh, Sierra Nevada or Deschutes or those guys might be feeling it a bit uh-huh. because. There's now 40 breweries in their neighborhood. Yeah. You know, or in yeah, every neighborhood, there's 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 a brewery in just about every neighborhood, right? So, yeah. uh, people are just finding their local source to be something they want to yeah. support as much as, uh, you know, they might be bringing home cases of uh, Sierra Nevada Pale Ale or something like that. Yeah. But um, when they go out to drink, they're they're looking for whatever is. Yeah new and local and craft and we have a lot of room to expand mm-hmm. um good yeah good that's what i want to hear um yeah we've not even come close to reaching our potential just in seattle for wholesale sweet and we'd package you know next to nothing yeah and uh we actually sell quite a bit through uh, tavor what's uh, that it's an online bottle sales and yeah. what's cool about them is they'll take us our, our bottles and sell them in Pennsylvania and New York and Connecticut oh. and oh, California. Oh, I think I maybe did hear about that. Is it like basically a bottle club, like where they send you a bunch of weird stuff? or um, like where the, like... It's not a bottle club. You order the beers you want. Okay. They What they do is they'll get 50 cases of something and they'll offer it in certain markets. Mm. Like something from Seattle that's already available in Seattle, they'll offer to Arizona and okay. Florida. and they're in, they're in 25 states or something like that. So... Mm. They don't ever offer our beers in the state of Washington right. or Oregon. That's, I guess that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. And so it's a good way for us and people. I've had quite a few people come in our tap room like, oh, we got your bottle through Tevor and we're oh. out here and we want to check you guys out. That's crazy. Okay. Okay. So I definitely didn't really know what Tevor was. So it's good to learn that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and so you can get, uh, that's how I do most of my beer research these days is it when I, they have an app and when they offer something, it's offered until it's gone. Right. So yeah. they'll have four or five beers at a time offered mm-hmm. that you can choose from. Hmm. And then and they they get small enough quantities that it all goes away. Yeah. Um, so it's not there for very long. But I'll check and if there's something coming across that's either really interesting, yeah. something I've been thinking about, or I want to try that style because we do it, um, that's how I, I do a lot of my research. Oh, okay. There you go. I have two kids, so I don't go out very much. That's fair. Okay, so that would explain why you don't drink a lot of the local... Like, yeah, you know, that kind of stuff. Uh, mostly I, drink these things from other markets. Uh, the beer trumps hate thing has kind of. Um, I've I've been going to a lot of events that have multiple beers mm-hmm. associated. So I've been able to try some stuff recently. But uh, you know, people ask me, "Oh, did you try this IPA or whatever?" I'm like, "Nope, yeah. <laughs> sorry." <laughs> if I'm going out, I'm, I'm probably not gonna 
get an IPA anyways. It's yeah. like, <laughs> yeah. okay. I, I drink, I can drink all the IPA I want here. And IPAs, there are some that are created better than others, but yeah. in, in general, just kind of like which is freshest is going to be the best one. That's true. So. Yeah. I've, I've found that like it's kind of pointless to uh, rank beers um, that you can't really say like, you know, the untapped style, you know, mm-hmm. one out of five stars or anything like that. Like, it's completely pointless because really you're just going to like freshness is certainly one of the aspects and that's why I prefer drinking at breweries. Yeah. Um, but like the other part is like basically just it depends on your mood in the moment, right? Like how good a beer is. So like really... Yeah, I, I, mean, I would never buy go on my way to buy a beer that I thought would be good, and then just drink it at home when I'm alone and go home. Oh, it's okay, and then there, goes. you know, you there there are beers out there that I've had that I've been like, this is just not a very well made beer. Yeah, but they're fewer and further between. If you're making crap beers, yeah. you're gonna get called out, and yeah. you're not gonna be around very long. So you mentioned like doing lots of wholesale, moving around in Seattle, getting it out there, um, and we were talking a little bit about, about expanding, like larger than that and it sounds like you probably really don't have huge plans for expanding outside of washington at all or or do you um i i think that is uh not in the in the long-term plans right now no yeah uh, I think that could change the beer industry is changing a lot yeah for sure so um right now i we definitely want to saturate our local market with with the beer that you know we feel like we can sell yeah um and then uh, right now we are 100% self-distributed. Yeah. Uh, even you know packaged products of so bottles, mm-hmm. uh, we we're still self-distributed. Um, we've never had a sales rep or anything like that. We've mm-hmm. sold mostly through word of mouth. Um, so we've got a lot of there's there's a lot of bars out there who've never heard of us. Yeah. And so we we've got a, a, a lot of work ahead of us just to kind of get into a lot more markets in Seattle. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as our bottle and packaging expands a little bit, we can do more to get into more grocery stores or bottle shops around here too. Yeah. Okay. Um, and you know, the tap room model is what, what the reason why all of us little guys are here and can survive. Yeah. And so really, um, while we, I think there's a lot of low hanging fruit in wholesale distribution right now for us, mm-hmm. I think that, uh, the way to expand our sales is more doing it so it's yeah. internal so we're selling mm-hmm. it in our own tap rooms right naked city just got a new place up in uh up on camino island oh you know you find the those under underserved populations yeah, for sure and uh rooftop deck can work just about anywhere so, yeah uh, for sure. <laughs> uh at, least, at least for a few months out of the year yeah you were talking about um, doing your own distribution, and I've actually so I know there's like the three tier system, and that's kind of a whole deal, and like that, um, and it, it's kind of hard to find a good source of information on this that perhaps have to read through the rules. <laughs> um, so like, what's the deal with that? If you can do your own distribution, I know there's like an exemption for basically a brew pub. Um, is that basically what you guys are using? For a, like for a, for a beer manufacturer, uh, yeah. so every state is different. Okay. And that's part of what makes it challenging. Yeah. Um, there are states that are, you know, you have to go through a licensed distributor mm-hmm. and you can't be a licensed distributor if you're a manufacturer. Mm-hmm. Washington's not one of those states. Okay. Washington is a state that allows for both a distributor to distribute your beer or, or the, the manufacturer okay. themselves to distribute their beer. Okay. Um, yeah. And so a distributor, you know, there's, there's two issues with being a small guy like us. Mm-hmm. Uh, three issues, really. Being a small guy like us and going through a big distributor. One is, if we catch fire for whatever reason, we don't have the capacity to control that. Yeah. They're out selling our stuff, and we can't 
keep up, that's yeah. that's really our problem. Mm -hmm. Second is, um, well, they take a third of the of the price of the right keg. So either from a, from our standpoint, being this small, we either have to raise prices substantially, yeah, so that to so that we can uh, be competitive and and like we can make money, yeah. Um, and then we run the risk of pricing ourselves out of the market. Right. <clears throat> and the third problem with the distributor model is that um, that you're only going to sell as much as what they want to push you. Right. Right. You lose control of, of how uh, where your beer goes and, and how much of it goes where mm -hmm. and what beers get pushed and that type of thing. So there's a lot of control there that I don't feel like we're ready to give up. Okay. Um, at some point, when as we're super established, we have accounts all over the city, whatever, and uh, that at that point we kind of want to focus more on manufacturing and less on, you know, we, we we're getting to the point where we have too much, too many vans and things like that. Mm -hmm. um, or when we decide to focus more on package product yeah. and we want to get in more grocery stores and things like that, have mm -hmm. our cans go out fresh yeah. and not. Uh, you know, not not sit on shelves. Um, it makes more sense to go through a distributor. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of there. There's a line in terms of volume and, and package product that where it will make sense to go yeah. through a distributor. Uh, but so even with you know three fifteen barrels and three thirty barrels, you're not at that line yet. Like not, not close. close. Okay. Not close. Okay. No, we we brew. Um, you know, max capacity we're brewing three times a week. Yeah. So that's 45 barrels a week, which is about 90 kegs. And one van, five days a week, could easily do 90 kegs. Yeah. So you're talking about one full-time delivery driver. Yeah. You know, okay. and, and one van. It's, it's pretty easy. Okay. Uh, and we're not at that point where we're brewing three times a week uh, year-round. Yeah, you're not always at full capacity. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, okay. When, when we get to that point, we'll add another, another you yeah. know, 30 barrel and so... Huh. Well, one thing about our beers is that we don't have a, a, a filter or a, a centrifuge or anything like that. Right. So we actually allow our beers a little bit more time in the in the fermenter uh, mm -hmm. to clarify. That's fair. Um, and I, I feel like the beer does better that way. Yeah. Better than with a filter, better than with a centrifuge. That it, you actually get more, a lot more of the hop flavor, a lot yeah. more of the grain flavors coming through. Totally, yeah, that's um, fair. So that's that's one thing too is you know we could probably pump beers out faster than we are but we choose to try to give them a little more time to clarify and finish. Yeah, I think it's important to focus on quality. So yeah, I'm with you on that plan. Yeah. Okay. Um, let's see. I think I'm almost through my question list. Um, I guess I got to ask a little bit about um, AB InBev. The, you know, beer industry at large, like there's lots of, you know, new Budweiser shit coming out that's like, oh yeah, brewers have to unite against wine and liquor and like quit fighting us guys and what's the deal? And I feel like they're just whining about their market share drinking and I don't know, are you feeling that? Do you know anything about that? Like what's your stance? I feel like we live in a different world than they do. Yeah. So, uh, you know, to them volume is everything. Yeah. And to us it's not yeah. at this point. I mean, we need to hit our, our sales yeah. marks so that we can stay in business and you know make payroll and, and all of that right but uh we're not beholden to to people who stockholders and things like that who want the share price to increase we're able right. to grow at our own pace yeah and uh so volume is not king it's more 
making sure the product is super high quality mm -hmm. and making great relationships in the city of Seattle right now. Yeah. And that make this for a, a long-term thing, mm -hmm. right? If you, if you build it, you know, they will keep ordering it. Yeah. yeah. So uh, that's kind of the philosophy around, around here. Yeah. We don't uh, have to worry about wine and, and liquor taking yeah. our market share right now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we have actually two distilleries moving in right behind us. Mm -hmm. they're, they're moved in. They don't have their, Tasting rooms really open yet. Sound Spirits and Big Gin. And you're probably stoked. Totally. Yeah. We're we're looking at ways to collaborate yeah. and uh, you know make this a little destination for absolutely li white liquors and and beer. Yeah. Um, and hopefully that happens. They're looking at I think April as an opening of their big tap mm -hmm. room. The oh wow. Co-branded tap room back there. Okay. And the distilleries are fighting right now to try to get uh, it to the point so that they can do, uh, right now they can only do like one ounce tastes, mm -hmm. um, but oh, they, yeah. they want to be able to do cocktails mm -hmm. in their own place. And uh, Batch 206 did it really well actually, but they have a full, uh, they have a restaurant in there now, oh, uh, nice. a pizza place. Okay. So you can go in there and get cocktails and you can get, uh, you can get our beer. Uh, nice. They've got, yeah, Batch Bar has our beer on tap. Um, you can get pizza. And uh, or you can buy bottles of, of Batch 206 liquors too. Nice. So if we can make that work, kind of mm -hmm. collaboratively down here, I think it'll be awesome. Okay. Good for everybody. Yeah, that'll be really cool. Sweet. That's fun to hear. I'm glad there's more distilleries coming up. Mm -hmm. I think the only one I've really been to in this area is Mischief, and that's over in Fremont. Yeah. Well, the, uh, great they, place. These guys have. Uh, They've been around, they're established, mm -hmm. but they've moved from other locations to here, uh -huh. uh, I'm sure because of rent. Uh, and But they're, they're looking to open things up for the general public too. Yeah, okay, sweet. Um, okay, one more question, I think, then I'm done. Mm -hmm. um, let's see, okay, so I, I've managed to like weasel my way into a couple like beer professional Facebook groups and stuff like that. I get to say I'm a blogger, so count me in, and, uh, and it's worked. And, um, I've like I've never experienced this personally, right? You know, like I do lots of stupid Google reviews, and I you know rank five stars or whatever, and um, um, you know, I, and I write reviews on my blog, um, and I but I hear in these groups uh, sometimes people are talking about like this war between brewers, especially small brewers, and their fans, and like Untapped, where like people are on using Untapped, ranking beers low, they're rating people one star on Google, and they're just like. You know, and brewers are getting mad. There was like this the brewery in like Georgia, Scoff Law, that went viral for uh, for just basically getting mad at some guy who was like not satisfied. And um, I don't know if you've heard anything like that. Like I don't know. I I suppose that's just for my own use. I'd like to know that no one is like resenting the fact that I'm coming around and <laughs> just like, hey, how's it going? My name's a cycling sister, and I love you. And like you know, like <laughs> I don't know. Is that have you heard anything about that kind of stuff? Well, I, I know that there's one brewery in. The Seattle area that's had a significant backlash on uh, uh, some things, and I, I won't. You won't say. Talk about it, yeah. but you can you can look it up online. Yeah, well, I think I maybe know. Uh, <laughs> but I, I mean, we we have a few negative reviews, uh, especially because of that we've kind of taken a, a, a line in politics. Yeah. Um, I think our our one Facebook one star review, the only line is keep politics out of beer. Oh gosh. Uh, what a pain. Yeah. yeah. I, hey, you put yourself out there. People are going to like you or not like you. And yeah. I try to 
keep it out as, as just white noise. You certainly listen to people and see what they're buying. Yeah. I mean, that's just good business practice. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, we there's enough breweries out there. And like you said, people doing stuff on Untapped or whatever, they, they're going to like what they're going to like. It could yeah. be a perfectly delicious beer, but not what they're looking for. Yeah. And they're going to rate it low. Yeah. You just got to not, not worry about that too much and, yeah. and figure out what people are buying. And uh, I don't think that there's there are certainly are people are beer folks out there looking at what's rated what yeah. before they buy but most are not yeah most are like oh i'll try that oh i'll try that and quite frankly there's no one beer that's good for everybody yeah it's it's you like what you like and yeah what it tastes like on that any given day might depend on your last cup of coffee or what you had for lunch or you know yeah yeah for uh, sure. taste buds can do funny things especially mentally um so I, I, I don't worry too much about that. You know, if, if we have enough great palates here in the brewery that I feel comfortable when, I, when something is really good or if something, especially from our pilot system, is a yeah. little off, uh, maybe we won't serve that or maybe we'll alter it some way or something like that. But yeah. uh, for the most part, uh, Kyle has kept our beer coming out very clean and consistent mm -hmm. and that doesn't doesn't concern me and we look at the buying how, how bars buy our beer how our patrons buy our beer mm -hmm. and that kind of determines a little bit of what we brew and how we brew it yeah um but it's it's a funny thing uh marketing can play a, a big part like you mentioned our imperial impeachment ipa yeah. um you know, bar managers like that just sounds weird. And then you say, oh, if you abbreviate it, it's impeachment. Yeah. And then they're like, okay, I'll take one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so marketing has a lot to do with yeah. how it works. Okay. Um, okay, one more question. <laughs> Who's your biggest buyer? Who buys the most of your beer? Other than obviously in your tap room. Our tap room definitely is still 50 plus percent of our yeah. uh, volume, especially in the summertime. Uh -huh. um, I mean, bars are the are the majority of the other. Mm -hmm. uh, Tavor takes a good chunk of our bottles. They take over 50% of our bottled beer. Oh, nice. Um, so. Okay. Yep. Uh, so I don't know that there's like one bar that's our biggest buyer. Yeah. Uh, we have a bunch of handles, especially around here in Magnolia, a couple mm -hmm. up on Capitol Hill where uh, they're very consistent. Yeah. Um, and uh, believe it or not, our, our Pilsner is one of our top-selling wholesale beers. Hmm. Um, uh, there's not a lot of craft guys doing Pilsners. I actually know what, now that you mention it, that's totally true. I, yeah, um, I see a lot of that. And, and that beer in particular gets a lot of permanent handles yeah. because of that. So we sell a lot of it. Um, and our Gateway Dry Hop Pale Ale is probably our second. It's pr That's actually probably by volume our largest seller because it sells a hell of a lot more up in the tap room than our Pilsner does. Yeah. Um, and it's a very easy drinking. It's, it's the gateway beer. The gateway beer. That's yeah. funny. Uh, it's, it's all hops on the back end. So yeah. it's all citrusy, juicy aroma, flavor, and mm. not a lot of bitterness. Out there right now? Yep. I'll have to try it. Yeah. Thank you so much, Craig, for letting me explore your brewery. That was super fun. And thank you, listener, for listening. If you thought that was even a mildly fun use of your time, I welcome all your feedback. Obviously, it's a ton of fun for me to go to these breweries and drink and talk to brewers, but if this isn't fun for you to listen to, then there's really no point in me doing all this stupid editing. Thanks a lot. Just truly heinous. Truly, truly heinous amounts of editing. <laughs>